Welcome to Tactical Breakdown. On today's episode, I'm going to share with you a conversation that I had with Tony Blauer uh, when we got the chance to meet up in Las Vegas. And we were actually sitting uh, inside one of the Virtra simulators at the 2022 SHOT Show when uh, when we recorded this. We had the chance to sit down, just talk shop, talk about training, um, preview a bit about what you can expect coming down the pipe this year. We have a collaboration in the works between Tony Ilet and Vertra, um, putting out some training courses that are going to be accredited across the country. Um, and that was put specifically together for officers so that you guys have access to all the great training uh, that you may not get to see day to day. And so that's what this episode's about. Hope you enjoy it. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Tactical Breakdown Podcast on the Ilet Network. Your number one resource for law enforcement training. Here is your host, Adam Kanakin. All right, one quick update before we jump into this episode. The 2022 ILET Summit will be taking place September 19th to 23rd, all online this year. It is the last year we are doing it completely online, and you can get access to the entire summit for free. Go to www.iletsummit.com. That's www.iletsummit.com. Links are going to be in the description of the show notes. Make sure to check out the event. Again, register for free. Get access to over a week's worth of training content from some of the top experts and instructors in the world. You can check out the website, find out who the keynotes are, who the speakers are, what subject tracks you're interested in. And of course, if you want ongoing access to all of the amazing training or access to the summits that we've completed previously, you can register as a member of the new ILET Network community. More information on that coming real soon. Let's get into the episode. Hey everyone, Adam here with ILET Network. Obviously, as you can see, I'm sitting here with Tony Blauer. We're at SHOT Show 2022. We're at the Vertra booth here. Um, obviously, we've had the opportunity to do some collaborations with Vertra most recently, and there'll be some announcements coming up about those programs that are gonna be going through and getting accredited for training hours, but. Very excited about that. Dude, there's so many things we can talk about. And I, I know SHOT Show's super busy and, and you're running around and so am I, like I feel like I've rocked 20K since I've been here this yeah, week. Yeah, we're doing, I don't know if you, have you checked your phone, how many steps you do? Yeah, Seven, I got on my watch. 10, 15, 16,000 steps day. a day. I know. It's insane. It's nuts. There's so much to talk about with training. And I think one of the interesting things that I want to talk about, because this is what we ended up doing when we were in Arizona together at Vertra. We took something that you created, which was high gear and the ballistic micro fights and all of that stuff. And then we took it and we threw it in the middle of the 300 simulator and started integrating the tact the tactile training into the simulator. And it was it was kind of like that light bulb moment for all of us. We were like, the ideas were spinning and all of the different things. Why do you think that that is kind of the future of where we're going, integrating all of these things and interleaving the training? There, there's Well, there's a ton of reasons why that has to happen. Uh, you can't, first of all, you can't do force on force with a gun, right. with a human live you can do utm sims paintball and stuff like that but uh there's so many considerations still doing that and i'm not just talking about eye protection uh you know fighting with guns you know finger in the trigger disarms uh like that's a factor 
But the big thing with, with high gear and the ballistic microfight, which is just a fancy word for a short, non-kinetic explosive event, is in the real world, violent encounters most often kick off empty hand. And then somebody's grabbing a police officer's gun or uh, they grab an improvised weapon or the uh, officer feels, oh shit, the guy's yelling at him and kill you and he's got to draw his gun. But most agencies don't train how to weather that ambush, that sudden violent attack inside the reactionary gap. So that's something we've been doing for decades now. When I saw the system and how cool it was and how interactive and how dynamic it was, you know, I had this epiphany. It's like, let's back up for a second. There's information overload and high stress. So the stress inoculation of going through the virtual system is huge. Mm -hmm. You can't replicate that in training. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, it's just too expensive, too right. timely to do it. Yep. So having the computer and the software allows you to do it over and over again and incrementally uh, coach and mentor your officers through that. So we're training their brain to make responsive and responsible decisions instead of reactive decisions. Once they get that foundation, now it's like, okay, let's add something else. And that's where the three-dimensional experience is. So uh, I make this joke is like, you know, we learn to swim, we're in a pool, and then someone says, what about sharks? So we, we blow up a shark, right? right? You go in the water, I throw the shark in there and you know it's a simulation, it's not real. It's, 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 you know, it's a beach ball in the shape of a shark. How do we create an emotional psychological experience in advance of a real violent encounter where the officer uh, has to think outside of just grappling? We made a joke before we started feel, you know, uh, filming today about you know rolling around here. So people do that, whether it's the Gracie program or another program. But when we're over, you know, win a clinch, overhook, grabbing a head, securing a weapon, we're isolated in that. And you got 20 other people on the mat and you're doing all that and it's cool, but there's no situational awareness. You're not worried about somebody coming out of a house with a gun or somebody walking up on you. So the idea of, of setting up, let's say, a ground fighting problem with a role player in our high gear suit where you're now doing some Gracie move and you got the guy's arm and you got him, you got him positioned and then a guy comes out of a house with a baseball bat and you're going, yeah, he's not with me. And now you've got to abort that move, transition to your weapon, push this guy away. And like that to me, if we did that, we're saving lives. Yes. Because it's, it's, you're, you're replicating the worst possible scenario a sudden shift from uh, uh, a hand-to-hand -hand fight to a deadly force, but also the other way. You know, we, we can build stuff where somebody's coming at you on the screen, don't do it, drop it, drop it, drop it. And then our role player comes out, drops a gun and engages in this, this, this officer in training's heart rate is freaked out. He's got tunnel vision and auditory exclusion, but now we're training his brain, not just his body. You know, one of the things that came up and we just did a round table on the Kim Potter trial and that kind of stuff. And we had Jamie Borden, Dr. Paul Taylor. And, and what Paul had said was there's this big component of attention, right? And I think that was kind of one of those first thing that kicked off. And I can't remember the initial scenario where I was kind of like, what if the guy's just standing here? 
in a high gear suit and he just stands there. The officer who's in the simulator doesn't know if the guy's just gonna stand there the whole time or if he's gonna jump out at him. And so it, 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 it takes his attention away potentially from what's actually happening in the, but, in the scenario. But it's, 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 so we call that a designated hitter drill. <clears throat> and we've done this with uh, uh, up to 20 role players in high gear, bus assaults for the military, where we've, we've already identified who the attacker's gonna be, but you're coming in and, and running through a bus and everyone's in you know hostage rescue position and you've got to react to the jack in the box. Uh, that's the value of it. But going back to the example that you just said, you, we could have some stuff on the screen where there's actors on the screen that are dynamic, they're controlled by the software, but then we've got role players, two or three of them standing there. Uh, and the next level, we didn't do this when we, when we did the test, but the next level is, role, is, is uh, like, like the people that seriously get into our system, they've got uh, clothing that they'll wear. So the officer will come in and I'd say, okay, get your high gear on, Adam, and put on this like red lumberjack jacket, yeah. type thing. And this guy's in an old army jacket. And now the officer comes in, he's told, hey, there's a disturbance, there was a problem. And now he's maybe got to physically interact. And I could decide I got to handcuff you. I get to my two o'clock, I start to do that. And then at that point, you know, the movie integrates with that. Scene kicks off, yeah. So, so because there, there's probably an unconscious, conscious school of thought that says, you know, like this isn't real. So I'll do another rapid pass. And you, and you put somebody in a higher suit there, you go, okay, this is, this is now much more real. Uh, and it's dovetailing that the decision-making dynamics, the accuracy of shooting, the, the blending. I love, you know, when I talk to, to uh, uh, firearms instructors and I asked them is is gunfighting a gross motor skill a primal gross motor skill a complex motor skill or a fine motor skill and depending on where the instructor's head is at they'll always answer fine or complex but the reality is if I swing at you and you're a cop and your hands come up and you get hit and you fall back and I'm charging you and you're pushing me away and I'm going I'm gonna fucking kill you man this is a primal gross motor movement. You're off balance emotionally, psychologically, physically. You've got to fight the position. Now your draw and indexing your gun and getting that little hole towards the bad guy is a complex motor skill. The decision to pull the trigger or to, oh shit, somebody else, and now get that front sight on or get that little hole point to get the bad guy, that might be fine complex overlap. But when you teach stuff in isolation and you don't do, first of all, a system that's rooted in true neuroscience, right. if you don't understand the neurobiology of survival and you don't, you don't build your, your, your training based on primal gross motor, gross motor complex, and then fine, it's not fully integrated. And that's, that's to me, the, the, the true meaning of interleaving of, it, it's not the literal definition of, of right. educating somebody, but it's like, Let's blend all of these, these uh, um, pathways at the same time. And what you do is you produce a way smarter, way more prepared uh, end user. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the, the key thing to this too is, you know, I understand, and I think it's fair to point out that not everybody has a 300 degree virtual simulator and a whole bunch of high gear suits lying around to try to do this training. 
but the concepts behind what we're trying to do here can be applied in training everywhere, right? right? I think that's the thing. Like, obviously we have the opportunity to put some of the best technology in the world to use and create super high level training, high fidelity training. But I think for instructors out there too, it's important to know like these concepts that we're creating, that should be happening at your agency, at your level. How can I, oh, I didn't realize I could integrate that into what we're doing. I didn't realize I could interleave that, that one task with this other training and, and see how they play together. And a lot of it's trial and error. And I think, you know, we found that out too. It's okay, well that didn't really work, right? So like, how do we make this actually beneficial to the officer? Cause you have to make sure that learning occurs. One of the things you just said something and, and if you're involved in training or not involved in training, this is a super important concept. The driving instructors don't really interact with the shooting instructors who really don't interact with the control and arrest instructors. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, stay in your lane. Sometimes it's ego. Sometimes it's, we're just too busy. But the reality is you're in a car chase and then you jump out and you pull the guy out of the car and he fights you and then you're on the ground and then you're in a gunfight or any, and that's just a metaphor, any combination, any combination yeah. of that. You would make officers safer if, if those three training units got together once or twice a year and said, what are, what are you seeing? What's going on? And the part that unifies all of it is my favorite stuff that we've been studying and analyzing and trying to inspire people to look at is the neural circuitry of fear. If you don't manage your fear, you don't manage to fight effectively. Right. And, and, I've, and I've, I've coached and, and trained uh, pro boxers, kickboxers, uh, world-class at UFC, tier one military law. And the thing that unites all of us, you, me, uh, physiology. And, and it's your physiology that gets hit first. And I, I can say, what would you do if I threw a right hand in your face? You'd go, well, wax on, wax off, Wing right. Chun, straight blast, uh, Jeet Kune Do, I double leg you. These are all theoretical answers in the context, not that they're theory, but in the context of what would you do? You're visualizing a scenario, but it's a theoretical answer because it really hasn't happened. Right. Then you're inside the reactionary gap and a guy target glances your gun and you're like, oh shit, and he moves on you, and you're like, fuck. And now this organic airbag deploys, AKA spear, we, if you don't manage the fear spike right there, <clears throat> you, you default to a completely physiological response. And depending on how sudden, how close, how experienced the attacker is, he may get away, he may injure you or make it worse. So I tell everybody, and then just like going back to you know what you said here that inspired this idea is, is all the different training units, you gotta train together. You gotta talk together and find ways to literally enmesh the training. Right. The thing that, that you've gotta keep your cool in a high speed trace, that's a trace, space, uh, a race, yeah. chase, <laughs> and lost my verbal skills, um, fear management. Right. The driving skill is the driving skill, but the mind navigates the body. You jump out of the car, you're in a race, now you're in a fight. Oh shit, there's two guys, they're coming to the car. Fear management. Oh, they've got guns. Fear management. Yeah. So that's the thing. And then you can always do, uh, uh, and we have so much information online that's free and accessible, is how do, you, how do you reverse engineer scenarios? We call them the three R's. Keep them realistic, keep them relevant and make them as rigorous as you can, 
uh, safely. And that's really why I designed High Gear in, in, in 1993, we, our first suit was made. That's a long time. We wanted you to be able to go like out off the mat into a, like, like really do a vehicle uh, uh, extraction in a car. Do, we did things where, with, with some units in a, a capture of avoidance cap, counter kidnapping course where we had guys in high gear and we stuck them in a trunk. <laughs> right? So right. you're doing these lone operators. But like you would never ever experience that level of reality. And if you can get to Vertra uh, and do that, but you can just, if you stop for a couple of minutes, just some like training inspiration, hopefully, if you look at like a real event on CCTV and you look on a real event on, on, on body cam, and we were doing this in the 90s, we would play uh, like the classic Lunsford or Jeter's videos on a big screen in the class. We didn't have virtual. We played it on the screen and then we had um, people in the class standing as backup. Like, what would you do now? When would you move? Why didn't you pick up on that pre-contact you? So like way before, I don't know when virtual came about, but like back in the early 90s, we were actually doing stuff like in, fr like in front of the projector. Right. And I would have the officers run through reps and then they would replicate. And you could see when you improve your perception speed, you also improve your reaction time. So where, let's say, Bishop, a classic sucker punch, cop gets dropped when we would roll through it a bunch of times, did you see this? Did you see this? Change your nonviolent posture, shift here, start to move now. When we improved the class's perception speed, they were moving on the cues from the screen seconds before Bishop got sucker punched. Mm. So there's huge value in like, like, like studying events, replicating scenarios and rolling through that. But anyways. No, I agree with you. There's, I mean, I don't think we utilize I mean, there's so much body-worn camera footage out there right now. And you can see, and I know you watch, and you watch a ton of it. I watch a lot. Here's what happened. And I can see, you can see from the officer's perspective, you can see all the pre-contact cues from the suspect. And you're sitting there, and you're like, oh, I wonder what, like, you can see it, because you know what's going to happen. And then you go, well, how do we now take this information, share it with officers, and say, hey, listen, let's learn from this. And how do we, exactly. how do we learn from this? So here's, here's a couple of steps. If you're doing that, let's say you can't afford Vertra and you can't afford to get to a course, you can't afford high gear. If you improve perception speed, you decrease reaction time. What is perception speed? It's like picking up pre-contact indicators, all those pre-contact cues. So, so we have a protocol on, and I do these free also for agencies. You get a group together, I'll jump on a Zoom call for free and run you through this and, and show you how to do this and, and like augment your current training foundation. One of the things is you watch the video, when you, I love asking cops this, when you watch a uh, uh, dashboard video, CCTV, another person's uh, uh, body cam showing the officer, I always ask them, who do you watch? The officer, or the bad guy, the suspect? Mm. I go, answer quickly. They, they go, uh, officer. I go, he's not the individual that's teaching you whether you're ready for that individual. Right. The only person that's teaching you if your use of force training is re relevant and re uh, realistic, is the suspect. So if, if I say, hey, let's watch this football game, you're going to watch your team. You're not going to watch the team you want to lose. You watch and you're yelling at, come on, man, catch the ball. Cops do the same thing. They're, they're going to relate to 
their team's uniform. Right. And so the number one thing is, is close one eye so you can't see the officer and just go, oh, and watch it. The first run through, I always say, watch it as if you're that police officer's bodyguard. I say, pretend you're protective service detail. So if you're like a politician, I'm PSD and I'm standing here and I'm watching, I'm looking for people's hands, I'm looking for movements and I'm going, Adam, we gotta leave now. And you're going, I just wanna shake their hands. And then a knife comes out, a gun comes out. Someone goes with a pie. I'm not yelling, I'm not going pie and stepping back and grabbing my, I'm like, shit, I'm pushing you. I'm moving towards the danger. Cops aren't taught to move towards the danger. So that's huge, like in a close quarter, like sudden violent encounter, moving away from the threat can put you into more danger. Um, so your first pass through, and this is just like, just some simple tips here, is watch it as if you're a bodyguard, because the bodyguard is gonna try and separate. So that teaches you, wow, this is counterintuitive. Because if you're always taught to create space, when it's time to, you know, let, let's say, pretend you got like a, like a, a weapon in your pocket. So I'm going, hey man, let me see your hands, let me see your hands. You pull out it and you go like this. My instinct is to go, ah, you've already got that jump on me. I'm right. moving backwards, you're moving forwards. If you go back again, if I've been trained where I go, hey man, let me see your hands. Is as you move, I'm, I'm watching these pre-contact cues. I'm already offline. I may get cut here, but I'm jamming in here. And someone might look at that and go, well, that's ridiculous. But I will tell you, the human body is not designed to move backwards. It's designed to move forwards. And it's why cops get knocked down in fights. If I jump back, not a good yeah. demo, but it, but this idea that I'm that in many cases I'm penetrating. Right. And if you look at this, the people that take control of the most extreme violent hostage rescue, SWAT teams have figured out you don't move away from the danger, you move towards Punch it. Into it, yeah. Yeah. So they're charging that threat. So we we need to get more of that mindset on the street when it's appropriate. De-escalation, of course. But, you know, if the bad guy's about to flip the switch, you're always behind the power curve. And then consider, as a tactical athlete, you're taught create space. That's just one thing. So you watch the video, think like a bodyguard. What would I do to move in? Fix that. Then look at that movement against your agency's use of force curriculum. Are you missing some sort of interception, deflection, push somebody away? Because if I knocked you off balance, Right? And you fell back as that knife was coming out. I'd have gone pushed, I'd have pushed you. And I'm suddenly, I'm in that, you know, range is hot ready. Like ready's that beep. And now I can draw if that, if the firearm is, is yeah. needed. Um, though just those two little drills will create a page of notes. And that's how you start making yeah. officers safer. Yeah, I love that. And there's so much content that is out there right now, like Tony was saying, that's free. But also, um, and I guess this is kind of like we haven't put it out there yet, where it's still going through some processes, but we have the opportunity with kind of a three-way collaboration, yes. Pilot, Virtra, and Blower Tactical. And we put together, I think it's three three-hour courses on fear management, on all those things. Yeah. And it's gonna be so that officers all around the country and around the world, around the world yeah. can access that training because it's not all, you can't go everywhere, right? Officers can't come in. There's time and there's money issues and training issues at, at all different agencies. So we created a program that all of this stuff is kind of condensed there for you. So at the very minimum, here are the core concepts that they can take away from 
and now take it into their agency. Yeah. Those they're, they're legit courses. They're legit. We recognize this, you know, uh, um, uh, Virtra's equipment, uh, their studio, your network, my research. And like you said, the three-way collaboration, we put this together, but it's, 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 it's just to make anybody in law enforcement, first responder community safer. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been studying violence, fear, and aggression for 43 years, man. You know that, but some of you may not. And, and there's, as, a, as, a, as an outsider to the, I wasn't coming at the, the, the combatives and the self-defense and the defensive tactics for, as, a, as, a, as a cop. I was looking at it as somebody who trained fighters to win. And so I was like, what's going on here? And, and so a, a lot of the insights were counterintuitive, but we've been training cops since 1993 now. It's, it's well established and embedded in policy and places. But this is a great opportunity if you, you've never been exposed to uh, the SPEAR system, the No Fear program, uh, how to watch a dashboard video or a model. Like we, we lay it out and all that. Yeah, and, it's, uh, and it's not just a teaser, it's like a legit, it's, it's like uh, three hours of... Well, we had, we had officers fly in from all around the US right. that actually came in just for that. to sit in the class. Yeah, it, was, it, was crazy. it was very, very cool. So um, if you ever get the chance, um, I would definitely recommend you guys come down to a SHOT show next year or following years. Come check out the virtual booths. You'll always run into guys like Tony, myself. There's amazing instructors here because the collaboration is a huge part of what we do here. And I can't, that's kind of where this whole thing started, right? Yeah. I mean, you and I have been collaborating now for, for years. And it's the idea is how do we get the most actionable, relevant training to as many people as possible? Right. I know yep. that's your mission. That's our mission set. That's what Virtra's mission is. And so uh, it's just exciting to do that. And I appreciate you taking the time to sit with me again, brother. Dude, no, I, I love what you're doing. I've said that, you know, uh, I, I've been uh, you know, collaborating. I didn't want to. I was trying to think of a different word not to use it again. Yeah. Uh, but collaborating uh, and involved from when this was like like a little, a little baby seed. Right. Yeah. And, and it's grown and grown and you've attracted you know, some like the world's best. So I'm flattered and honored to be involved in that. But, you know, walking around the show, I'm bumping into people I trained. You know, I was down at Fort Bragg on the 9-11 and I bumped into like nine people that, that I trained back on that day, you know, two decades ago. And like goosebumps, like right. going, holy shit, like w where did time go? So I come here and uh, uh, you, you, to see where people's careers are gone and what they're doing. And that's what sets up that collaboration. Mm -hmm. And and so I come here uh, uh, truly to network and get inspired. Uh, and then you get like these opportunities where, so I wouldn't, you know, I'll, I'll always, you know, I'll always jump on a Zoom call or a, a live thing like this even better. Yeah, well, and a huge thank you to Vertra for letting us sit here, use their simulator and chew up their time and space to, right. to host this interview. So huge thank you to Vertra. And uh, if you want any of those links, we talked about some of the free training resources from Blauer and all that kind of stuff. Um, those will be set up with this video below it, wherever you find it. And uh, you can get all that resources as well. And we'll let you know when this course rolls out because it's going to be pretty soon. So, Tony, Buddy, as always, brother, thank you, I appreciate it, man. Join the ILIT network now. Go to ILIT.network. That's I-L-E-T dot network.